My name is Boyd Varty. I think of myself as an artist of experience. My passion is to create transformational experiences for myself and others as a way to explore what it means to truly live. My central exploration is to live on what I would call the track of your life. To me, this is to live courageously towards the discovery of what you are called to and to what life asks of you. So much of how I live has been informed by my passion as an animal tracker. I'm following the trail of my own life and reporting back. This show is a daily broadcast from a treehouse on the Londolozi Game Reserve in the wild eastern part of South Africa. Londolozi is a 14,000 hectare wilderness reserve adjacent to the Kruger National Park. The land is home to lion, leopard, rhino, elephant and buffalo, as well as a variety of other animals. I am your host, Boyd Varty. My goal is to spend 40 days and 40 nights alone in the wilderness to explore the archetype of the mystic in nature and hone my skills as a tracker. These are my daily stories. Day 23. Spirit of Spirit. Journal Entry. Fresh tracks of a pride of lions in the pre-dawn light on the clearing behind the camp. The lions seemed to have been harassed by a big group of hyenas. I began to follow. It's been strangely cool, almost like a cold winter is knocking on the door. The lions walked across the clearing, lying down, and then moving a few times, I suspect on account of the hassling hyenas. Tracks then cut down into the river and onto a beautiful sandbank. Here the sand allows you to see very clearly how the lions played with each other, bounding and stalking. The tracks then cut up onto a hippo path that runs into thick reeds towards the stream of the river. I'm nervous to follow. I'm not excited about the idea of meeting a lion or a hippo in there. It's very thick, but the tracks are tantalizing, so I follow slowly, stopping to listen intently as I go. The path opens into a small beach at the water's edge. The river is high from recent rain. The cats pace here, side to side, hesitating to go in. One lion turns and goes back up the path to find another crossing point. The others seem to cross, paws high, snarling at the water, no doubt. With the water so brown and many crocodiles, I decide to find a better crossing point which takes me a long way downriver. I mark a tree on the far bank before I leave the tracks as a waypoint for where I can try and cut the tracks on the far bank later. Eventually I find my way across and move up river. It's thick and grassy and suddenly all the trees look kind of similar. Eventually I find my tree and cut down to the water's edge to the beautiful sight of pug marks exiting the water. It's hard to explain how certain images of tracks are beautiful to a tracker. It's hard to translate, kind of like how certain cakes are beautiful to a baker or clothes to a designer. As a layman, you have to understand why it's beautiful. In this case, I'll give it a try. It's the perfect outline of this formidable large cat's foot it's the beauty of the sandbank. It's how the tracks exit the river. 
and their discovery is the crossing of a threshold into another part of the story. It's the giant trees and the morning light and the feeling that you are walking where lions walked. It's how through the tracks you can almost feel the animals up ahead. The American tracker says, the track you are looking at is one end of a string. On the other, a being is moving. It's the spirit of that moment. The lions move up the bank and then onto game paths, cutting left and right, but staying out of the wet grass. Once they vector north off the path, and I lose the tracks, but by drifting my line left, I cut back onto them. The lions move into thick grass, and I lose the tracks, but keep moving forward. In the thicket, a clearing suddenly appears, very short grass and white sodic soil around a wallow. The lions would love this terrain. Soon I'm back onto their trail. They walk down a rhino path over the imprint of where a rhino slept. Tracks are getting fresher. I can see where they lay down. The ground feels warm to the back of my palm from a lion's body. I throw my eyes a long way down the rhino path. Just where the short grass gives way to longer grass, I see the head of a lioness in the morning light. The feeling of finding them never gets old, and I'm charged with joy. One must practice alone, otherwise one ends up following faster trackers. And in this area, the Shangan trackers are some of the fastest in the world. My mind flashes to a young tracker called Innocent Nguenya. He is part of a new, young, elite group of trackers at Londolozi and an instructor at the Tracker Academy, which is an NGO that trains young trackers in this ancient art form. Different trackers have different skills. Some might be very good when the tracks are confusing and go in many directions. Some might see tracks, others don't. One might be good at predicting. Innocent is all of the above with the addition of speed. His technical know-how is elevated by his capacity to follow and find animals fast. You don't want to be tracking with Innocent unless you have expressly asked him to stay behind you. Otherwise, frankly, all you will get good at is following him. My day is set. It's 8.45 and I've found lions already. So much time for meditation, tea making, writing notes, vinyasa bell. There is a thick horizontal pole across the entrance to the steps that take you up into the tree. And every time I go down the steps, I've made a rule with myself that I have to do a single pull-up. It adds up over time. I don't know if you can hear that, but there's fish eagles calling. I hope the mic can pick that up. I keep flashing on a chief Seattle quote, something like, when all the animals are gone, man will die of a loneliness of spirit. I guess in the proximity of the animals, I have found a deepening companionship. I do, as Funda Poss said, find myself knowing and known in a very deep way as the days go by. But it's more than that. This idea of a loneliness of spirit or a bankruptcy of spirit or a loss of the spirit of life seems important. And I'm not talking about spirit in any religious sense. I mean more the spirit in which we meet and are met by life. 
Well, it runs very deep, but it becomes difficult to explain. Have you ever walked into a soulless building? Or a place where you can feel there is nothing under the veneer, like a new mall feeling? Well, that, at more subtle levels, seems to be what we are losing, and do not know that we are losing it. I was certainly losing it slowly. So slowly that it's hard to notice. The very essence of family and community and work and play is losing its spirit. The land has lost its wild kin in many places. I remember walking in a wilderness once that had lost its animals in a war. There was this strange, eerie emptiness. Clearly something was gone. I think that's why I'm becoming such a preacher of firelight. It seems like a place of re remembrance. So how do we get back to the spirit of life? That's my question. How do we get back to the spirit of life? And I think it's why people fall in love with Africa. The huge swaths of wilderness like Serengeti, Okavongo, Damaraland, Mara, Caprivi, Chobi, Mana Pools, Gonorizo, Zambezi. It's like the names themselves speak to a spirit of place. It's impossible not to understand when you see a huge elephant bull crossing a river or an elant in dappled light. To come to Africa is to come back to a remembrance of something more ancient. The land, the animals, the people. Without any effort, the spirit of life is still alive here. That's why I'm glad to be in this tree in Africa, to be South African. Even the people here live through the philosophy of Ubuntu that says, I am because of you, or people are not people without other people. It's a fundamental understanding to say, I cannot be without you. Your presence helps me be a person. And I've tested it, living all over Africa. I've been cared for when I had nothing, by people on the side of the road, or fishermen in small villages. But of course it seems to run much deeper than that. Much deeper than just people. It seems that in truth it is all the creatures, plants, mountains, rivers and trees that help us remember ourselves in the spirit of life. When you understand the intangibles of what these things make you feel, you are closer to that spirit. Without them, our inner worlds are malls, our lives are veneer. So how do we get back to the spirit of life? It's a question certainly worth taking some time with. When I leave this tree, I could see all of my work and mission becoming centered around living that question. Another place to start might be to get quiet enough to really hear the voice inside you. That wild voice that knows. Follow that and I suspect it could take you back in an instant to the spirit of life. And you will also probably have to do some things that scare your status quo. I mean, don't mind me, I'm just looking for a first track. A good place to start following. I'm going to sit quietly now, spend a few hours thinking about how to get onto the track of the spirit of life. I'm going to think about all my friends out there in amber light or firelight. And then this afternoon, I'm going to turn my attention back to elephant tracking 
and see where that leads. 4-0, out. This has been another episode of the Track Your Life podcast with Boyd Varty. Follow us on Instagram at Boyd underscore Varty, Twitter at Boyd Varty, visit Boyd's website at boydvarty.com or subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Please rate and review this podcast so that more people can find and enjoy it.